Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You know, as a defense, you know you want to you want to be an attacking defense. You want to be be one that starts with you got to stop the run. A lot of people say it's a throwing league, but you know if it's sec it's second and three and third and one all day, you're not going to have an opportunity to get after the quarterback. But I just think as as the Jaguars move forward, we just continue to get better and keep doing things where you know we're 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 a defense that will not only stop the run but get after the quarterback. That is Joe Cullen, Jaguars defensive coordinator, former Jaguars coach. Happy to be back in Jacksonville, but now he gets this promotion to run the defense, along with some influence probably from Charlie Strong and that collaborative staff, as they continue to call it. Joe Cullen was not too revealing today uh, in his uh, short time with the media. But Joe Cullen is an intense dude, and nobody knows that more than my co-host Austin Lane, who played for him on that Jaguars defensive line from 2010 to 2012. Brett Martineau here at TD's Restaurant right across from the campus of Clemson. It's Trevor Lawrence Throw Day tomorrow. We will be here for it in the morning. A few more details, and we'll have some reaction from the Jags coaches about what they expect on Trevor Lawrence coming up in just a bit. But let's stay on the defensive side. Action Sports Jack Studios has Coos and Austin Lane back in it. All right, man, uh, what did you, you gather from uh, some of the media availability? We think it's going to lean toward a 3-4 with their personnel. You just told us before the last break that if you have an inside linebackers coach and an outside linebackers coach, that certainly speaks to the idea of being a 3-4. Because keep in mind, right, Austin, most of the time you're in the nickel uh, defense if you're playing a 4-3 and that strong side linebacker is not even on the field it's not even worth hiring a coach for that strong side linebacker most likely no without a doubt like listen anytime you got an outside linebackers coach and inside linebackers coach the i mean it speaks for itself it's it's going to be a 3-4 defense now to kind of uh paraphrase what joe Collin was saying to the press conference i mean you're, you're probably going to see some shades right maybe you see a couple four three looks here a couple three four looks here because he has coached in both philosophies but but overall, if you want to put this into one category, put it in one umbrella, it's going to be a 3-4 defense. And, and what I took today from Joe Cullen of some of the things that he brought to the table, it's funny because there was some new stuff that I learned about Joe Cullen, and there are still some of the, like, the greatest hits that Joe Cullen shared. <laughs> um, yeah. f- first of all, as far as the greatest hits are concerned, he emphasized stopping the run. That has always been a Joe Cullen MO, is you stop the run and then you get to the quarterback. Right, And I think when you play in a division that has Derrick Henry, that has the Indianapolis Colts right now, and obviously Jonathan Taylor, Houston, who knows what they're going to do next year or whatever. But for the most part, you got to stop the run in this division. I think Joe Cullen understands that. And, and, and I love that he still used kind of that verbiage of, listen, we're going to get out to the quarterback now. Don't get it twisted. But we still have to focus on stopping the run. And obviously, being Joe Cullen, stopping the run is all about attitude. Some of the new things that I learned a little bit, though, is like, he, he seemed like, because keep in mind, when Joe Cullen was here when I played back in 2010 to 2012, it was a, I don't want to say it was a vanilla defense, but it, but it was simple in the standpoint of we had some wrinkles here and there, but everybody kind of knew the philosophy that we we're running. And even if you're an offense playing against our defense, like the offense knew basically what we wanted to do. Now, the philosophy back in 2010 was as long as everybody does their job and they do it to the best of their abilities, it doesn't matter how simplistic it is you're going to have success with it. 
Fast forward now to what Joe Cohen's coming from in Baltimore. And actually, I had a conversation about this a little bit with John Shipley I talked to a couple days ago. And actually, I talked to a a Baltimore Ravens podcast, of all podcasts, yesterday. And we talked about this a little bit, too. With what Baltimore did last year on defense, keep in mind, Joe Cohen was a defensive line coach. um, But what Baltimore did last year on defense, it was fun to watch. And like, I'm reminded of like the Cincinnati Bengals game. Baltimore plays Cincinnati. Now, Joe Burrow at the time just started getting a little hot, right? It was like, all right, we got to keep in mind Joe, Joe Burrow could beat us, right? And they, they have the wide receivers to do it. So what Baltimore did in that game is they focused on the cornerback blitz. And the whole philosophy was, listen, Joe Burrow's new to this game, all right? He hasn't seen everything yet, and maybe he hasn't really seen a, a, a cornerback blitz before. So Baltimore does that. And in doing that, they have five separate cornerbacks, five separate defensive backs get sacks in one game. It was an NFL record. And when you see things like that from Baltimore, which Joe Cohen was obviously a big part of, and I think he's going to bring that here to Jacksonville. When you see things like that, when you see five cornerbacks have, you know, five or a sack apiece, basically five total sacks from the cornerback position in one game, that leads me to believe that you're going to evolve a little bit, but you're going to have fun doing it. And that's the biggest thing. That's what I've always said about the offense. I'm sorry, the defenses that Schwartz ran, Jim Schwartz ran. They were fun to play in. I get the sense from, you know, obviously Wink Martindale being the guy there now in Baltimore. But what Joe Cohen's going to bring over is this is going to be a little more of a complicated defense per se, but it's going to be a fun defense to be a part of. Yeah, it's interesting when you say that. And what I immediately go to is like, okay, it can be fun. Uh, you can be complicated a little bit more, a little more complex. You can mix things up and do the corner blitzes and, and everybody kind of get involved because that's what the corner blitzes do, uh, I think. It, it makes the secondary even involved in some of that stuff near the line of scrimmage. But you still have to have the talent to do it. I think about that Baltimore team, and it seems like they've just rolled out good talent after talent, good linebackers, good secondary play. Obviously, they built up their front with two familiar guys uh, in Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe from Jacksonville. Do the Jags, well, they obviously don't have enough talent yet. Do they have some of the pieces that can start to run that? And I guess what I would ask you here, Austin, is what do they need the most in free agency or draft to be able to execute potentially what Joe Cullen and this defense wants to do? No, listen, and as far as I look at it right now, I mean, there's there's a lot of obstacles and a lot of hurdles that this defense has to overcome in terms of personnel. And I don't care if you're going to make it a complicated 3-4 defense or if you're going to make it a a, a vanilla run-of-the-mill defense, uh, kind of like a 4-3. It it doesn't matter at this point. Like, you need to get interior defensive line help. Now, Devon Hamilton showed us something last year, and I have no problem having him be one of the starting defensive ends in a 3-4. I think he would shine at that. But then if you had Devon Hamilton there, well, are you going to put Taven Bryan on the other side? You know, I'm going to put Adam Gotsis there, who has some experience playing that. I think he's actually a free agent, though. Is he? Or is Adam Gotsis here another year? I think Gotsis was just a one-year deal. Okay, so do you bring him? I mean, like, listen, there's a couple options here, but I don't see that guy right now on the interior where it's like this guy's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Now, once again, De- yeah. Devon Hamilton. You need Hamilton, to get that guy. Correct. Devon Hamilton showed us a lot, Yeah, and hopefully he can improve. But I think you're going to be naive to say, all right, Devon Hamilton's the leader of the defensive tackles. Go get him, Devon. Like, that's a lot to ask out of him right now. So that's got to be the, the main focus is obviously that interior defensive line. Now, in the secondary, 
I mean, from from cornerbacks, like if you want to do cornerback blitzes and and you want to do maybe some more exotic kind of blitzes and schemes and things like that, you got to have the secondary be on the same page to be athletic and to be able to cover some ground. I'm not sure if the Jaguars are there in the secondary yet. Possibly a safety could be um, in play and maybe another cornerback as well. Well, so here's what I'm thinking right now as you're talking. And no doubt, by the way, it doesn't matter if I ran the defense, you run the defense, Joe Cullen runs the defense, Bill Belichick runs the defense. They need some interior line help regardless. They they need some better play there. They need some studs there, free agency, draft, whatever it might be. They are going to address that spot. But as you're talking, and I'm thinking 3-4, and I'm thinking some of the strengths of this football team, I really now go into, okay, let's just go 3-4 for a moment in that kind of look. Now you've got Chase on, who you highly invested in, and started to come on, by the way. I'm not ready to put him in a Pro Bowl or the Hall of Fame, and, and it's nothing close to that. But he at least started to come on. you got Miles Jack, who was terrific last year, and you know he's a good player. You have Joe Schobert, who's been around, maybe a little overpaid, probably didn't play as well as he could have, but he can make some plays, too. I, I think you like that position the way you have it. And then you add Josh Allen, potentially, from that 3-4 look as well. If you just give me those four guys in that 3-4 kind of mold, that is certainly becomes the strength of your defense, right? I mean, that's where everything centers around, and what Joe Cullen is trying to do builds around those four guys being playmakers. Do I have that No, I mean, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, I've, I've echoed this even when the Jaguars brought in Josh Allen, and I remember sitting on the field, they just drafted Josh Allen, and I said, switch to a 3-4 defense right now because you have Yannick Ngakwe and you have Josh Allen. You have the most important pieces of a 3-4 defense at your disposal. Now build around them. Well, obviously the Jaguars didn't do that, and now we're here. The most important part, in my opinion, of a 3-4 defense, it's a rush linebackers. And when I say, obviously, like, yes, getting after the quarterback, it's uber important. It's, it's the name of the game. Don't get it twisted. But at the same time, you still have to have the athletic freaks, if you will, and the guys being able to recognize, like, hey, am I dropping back into coverage? Curl the flat. Uh cover three who do i have here like it's a lot more than just all right we got good pass rushers let's turn them loose no it's about having athletes that can drop back into coverage that can disguise the looks and all that stuff as well and i think when we see josh allen and obviously caleb on chase on they've come from some of that in college they're used to standing up and you know giving those looks so you have the most important pieces in place for a 3-4 defense now you have to build the interior part of it which is obviously also important and you obviously have the linebackers right now in my opinion and joe schobert and miles jack to be successful now just build around it what's the personality of this team austin i mean what do you think as joe cullen's a personality guy you know charlie strong I, I think can be that, but I, again, I, I think he's more, I, I don't know if he's there for that. I think Joe Cullen, you know it, you've heard it, you, you've been on the other side of Joe Cullen. So I, I think that's where the energy is going to come from, at least in my opinion. Maybe that's just because I don't know some of the others as well. But I, will, the, will the personality of this defense take after Cullen of sorts, do you think, or is, is, does that not even matter? No, I mean, it definitely, like, listen, the the ideal focus of a defensive coordinator is to establish some of your personality in your defense because, essentially, you're the guy that's calling the plays. 
So whether it's, uh, you know, a, a very loud and a very energetic Joe Cullen, like whether that personality shines through, or it's more of a, of a reserved guy, kind of like Bob Sutton was back in Kansas City, and that kind of shows through a little bit. Like, it is your goal as a defensive coordinator to, to relay some of your energy and what you bring to the table. But to sit here and ask me, like, what do I envision Joe Cullen doing? I'll be honest. In terms of, you know, of being the, the loud guy here on the field, I think that's going to be toned down a little bit more just because Joe's got to cover all bases now. It's not like he's just covering one position group. I mean, he's in charge of this entire defense. So it's not like he can have 100% all in on the defensive line every single day at practice and hold them accountable. He has to hold essentially half of the roster accountable. So it's going to be a lot more spread out for Joe Cullen. But what I do think you're going to have in terms of a reflection on that team, you're going to have a guys that, that pay attention to the details most importantly. You're going to have guys that really take pride in how your footwork is going to be set up, where your hand placement is going to be. Those little details, and sometimes in the NFL we say it's the most cliche thing. It's the game of inches. Well, they say it for a reason, and it's, cl- and it's cliche for a reason. So you're definitely going to see that. But in my opinion, the biggest attribute of all that you're going to see from this defense going forward, and, and, and I think you've seen it in the past a little bit, but you're going to see even more of it now, is the hustle. It's the... It's that it's that dog mentality because that's what Joe Collins going to demand and it's, that's what he's going to expect. And it doesn't matter if he's a defensive coordinator, a safeties coach, a defensive line coach. That's what he's always been known for. It's the finish. And he always had the philosophy where you can't teach hustle um, and, and you know you, you can't teach good discipline. So that's what you get from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you don't get that, well, then those guys aren't going to be in the locker room for that long. So I expect what? to see a team that's going to be flying around. Yeah, and I, I think you're right, and well, let's hope so. I think every defense wants to do that. We'll see if they're accomplished uh, enough to do that and talented enough to do that and understand what's going on enough to do that because that's a big part. Remember now, that's what Urban Meyer said back at his introductory press conference. We are going to play fast, and I don't mean by a 40-time fast. I mean, we want to play fast, know what we're doing. And so can they do that quick enough, uh, young football team? Interesting. Um, we've said this on our show before, and as Urban Meyer is starting to – craft this coaching staff which took seemingly forever to build and he said he did numerous interviews and and more interviews than he's ever done and we'll talk about the offensive side of the ball in a bit but he raved about the Ravens defense he obviously has an appreciation for Baltimore's defense I think and I've said this before on social media and on the show it was crystal clear that when Urban Meyer looked at the NFL he looked at Seattle and he kind of liked what they did and and some of the things that they've done and he looked at Baltimore, and he kind of had an affinity for what they do. And it was obvious it was on the defensive side of the ball. So I think he admitted to that today. He said that today. That's part of the hiring process of maybe Orr as the linebacker, one of the linebackers' coaches, and uh, certainly Joe Cullen. They have 11 defensive coaches. And I think you talked about this a little earlier, but what's the borderline of expertise and just dial in on these two or three players so you're talking like in in classes you talk about uh or coaching how many coach or or teacher per student right (laughs) and sometimes you want to narrow that down most people feel good like if you're a teacher and you have 40 kids in your class in elementary school that's difficult if you're a teacher and you have 18 to 20 kids, well, that's a little bit more hands-on. You can get to each kid, know each kid, learn about each kid, take care of each kid a little bit more. Well, I, I kind of look at this from that perspective. You've got 11 defensive coaches on Urban Meyer's staff, and now one guy's in charge of, like, three players. Another guy's in charge of another three players. Is that a good thing, or do you potentially get to too many cooks in the kitchen? 
No, and, and no. So I talked about this a little bit um, before you got on, but my opinion right now, yes, you're, there's going to be a risk of that because there's going to be a problem possibly with communication. The, the 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 most successful teams in the NFL, yes, the talent is a big thing, but it's also the communication. It's all about getting your point across as a head coach. That trickles down to the coordinators, coordinators to obviously the position coaches, position coaches to players, right? Um, and it's a pretty easy formula to follow. But when you bring in guys like special assistants and these things, well, then sometimes it can be diluted a little bit. But I'm going to say this, though. Like, in terms of the defense, you know, 11 defensive coaches, well, you got a safeties coach. Okay. You got a cornerbacks coach. Okay. You know, you have an inside linebackers coach, outside linebacker. Like, that doesn't rub me the wrong way whatsoever. Like, I think that's actually probably for the best. Because what you ask a safety to do and what you ask a cornerback to do are completely going to be different things especially possibly in this defense going forward, depending what they run. From an inside linebacker's perspective to an outside linebacker's perspective, it's night and day, completely different jobs. So I, so I want a specialist at each one. That, that, I have no problem with that. Where it comes into, maybe it could be a little too many cooks in the kitchen, though, is when we talk about the special assistants and, and things like that. That's where it can get kind of convoluted a little bit. But once again, I have no idea in terms of the special assistant title just how much influence they're going to have in meetings, how much influence they're going to have at practice. Maybe they're more like the behind-the-scenes kind of guys. Yeah, I, I hear you. And listen, like uh, you think about Bob Sutton. Is he going to get in the way? Probably not. It's a good voice, right? I mean, that's a guy that's been around the block. And he's not in it for the ego. So I, I think that kind of situation can work. I, I think of the same with Charlie Strong. I kind of almost view this staff as Urban Meyer's taken like the offensive side, and he's obviously taken the CEO role too. But he can almost give up defense a little bit to Charlie Strong. Don't you get that impression? Like, hey, you oversee this, and, and, and I'll get the rest of it. But I trust you because I've been with you a lot. You're my right-hand man, and you know defense. And so I want everything to kind of funnel through you. I can almost envision the meetings going that way. See, I can, but I can't because I understand what you're saying here, Brent. But at the same time, who's the defensive coordinator here? Who's calling the yeah. plays? Is it Charlie Strong or is it Joe Cohen? Because well, that's my, my, true. My, go ahead. That's true, but the defensive coordinator also could, is still going to report back to the head coach. So it's just a, are you reporting back to Urban Meyer or maybe going a little bit through Charlie Strong, I guess is the way I would argue. No, 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 without a doubt. But once again, what I was trying to say is, okay, so yeah, Charlie Strong, who's the inside linebackers coach? Okay, so you're a position coach, and Joe Cohen's the defensive coordinator. I mean, in every single locker room that I've been in, the position coach answers to the defensive coordinator. So where it could be kind of convoluted a little bit and saturated is like, okay, so Charlie Strong, assistant head coach, get that linebackers coach. But Joe Cohen, in my opinion, will be the guy that's calling the shots on that defense. So, listen, we can make arguments for both people right now of saying, well, who should be higher on the totem pole? Should it be Joe Cullen? Should it be Charlie Strong? Are they on the same level? I'm not sure about that. But my point is the fact that I'm having this conversation right now, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't like it because you don't know how it's working. Uh, I think internally one of the big things that Urban Meyer has on his plate, if you're going to have this big of a staff, you have to still maintain a huge level of, of communication, like you've pointed out countless times. And I do think one of the strengths of Urban Meyer is communication. I mean, that's that's been documented. That's been illustrated with his success. You don't have the kind of success he's had with uh, good communi- without good communication. So uh, it'll be an interesting thing to work uh, see work out. Uh, but I think there's 
there's got to be a respect level there and an understanding of the roles and jobs and 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 all those things between especially Cullen and Strong to your point I think will be uh will be a fascinating one to watch I think we have Steven on the line Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 what's up Steven hey not too much how about you guys nothing too much Good, man, man. How, how we doing uh hey just getting off of work uh there's, I, I picked up on two things that I really liked uh, that I heard during the interview, and that was when the question was asked about James Robinson to Derek Bevel. Um, I thought the answer was pretty good because everybody's been saying, uh-oh, we get Trevor Lawrence, so they're going to be passing more. James Robinson's kind of going to go out the door. He's ba- he basically admitted, hey, I met with the guy. He has a lot of talent, but we're going to use him a lot of uh, in play action and everything, which makes me feel – Yes, he's going to get used like he was before, but they're going to establish him as a threat and then start banking on the play action and screens with him. And then when I heard uh, from Charlie Strong having that conversation, or as he put it, a long conversation with Joe Schobert, kind of gets me feeling, okay, the communication's going good because I played the position myself. Basically, it goes from uh, Joe Cullen to Joe Schobert, and then it's Schobert's responsibility to set up the defense. So I think they're kind of heading in the right direction from what I was uh, hearing. All right, Stephen. Good start. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so – you know, know, Go ahead, Austin. Okay, cool. Yeah, so to touch on, you know, both of those things. So, uh, first of all, the last thing you said with Joe Cohen and obviously Charlie Strong, me with Joe Schobert, that's a great sign because, once again, with this defense, what I think it's going to turn into, communication is going to be huge. And – Play diagnosis is going to be huge. I'm talking about the, that pre-snap diagnosis. And listen, I understand that Joe Schobert last year maybe didn't have the, the that Pro Bowl year that he was hoping for, that Jaguars fans are hoping for. And I, you know, I'm going to have to go back and watch a lot more film. But like for the for the life of me, I didn't remember too many times where I felt like that defensive line or the linebackers were kind of confused of where to line up. You know, and then that falls on the middle linebacker spot. So I thought Schobert did a pretty good job in terms of the diagnostics part of the football game. And that's going to be important going forward. Now, the fact that he's already met with Charlie Strong, you like to see that a lot. Um, the second question, really the first question, but now I'm answering second, with James Robinson, uh, you know, and what they feel about him um, in terms of Bevel. Listen, Bevel was more, especially in Detroit, kind of his last stop. He was known more as that passing coach, right? Like if you go back to the the percentages, I think he passed a lot more than he ran. But that wasn't for a lack of trying. Like the whole thing in Detroit was they want to run the football. They they just really didn't have the guys to do it. You know, I mean, they get that Adrian Peterson come on at the end, and that was great. But like they always try to establish the run. The problem was, though, is they gave up too many points and they played from behind. You got to start passing the ball a little more. So I yeah, agree with guys beat up, too. DeAndre Swift, you know, he went out with the concussion stuff. And, you know, they tried to even uh, add to their, their running back room. Correct, yeah. So I agree with Steven here when I say I think you're going to see a lot of James Robinson. I think that when defenses are planning next year on the Jacksonville Jaguars and that coordinator puts up, we got to stop these game wreckers, James Robinson's going to be that game wrecker. And if you set it up with the play action, make it a little quarterback friendly, I would not be opposed to that whatsoever. Well, and the James Robinson thing or whoever's running the football, for they need to protect Trevor Lawrence to a degree. And part of the way you protect Trevor Lawrence is you run the football and, and you can take some off his plate. That might be the way to win football games if you had Russell Wilson. But when you have a rookie quarterback, and I know Trevor Lawrence is maybe different than some of the rookie quarterbacks, 
He's still a rookie quarterback. And so to take things off his plate, protect him as much as possible as this long-term investment as he gets comfortable in the NFL, one of the great ways to do that will be the utilization of the running game. All right, let's take a break here from Clemson, South Carolina. Trevor, throw day will happen tomorrow. We'll be here for it in the morning. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence, this offense. What does Daryl Bevel see it looking like? What is he looking for from Trevor tomorrow as Urban Meyer, Brian Schottenheimer, Daryl Bevel will all be up here in Clemson, South Carolina with me. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on. We talk the offensive side of the football, and we'll get to the controversial hire on Urban Meyer's staff as well because everybody's talking about it. It's on the way on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. I want you to put yourself in Leonard Fournette's shoes. Probably a little bigger shoes than you're rocking right now. Huh? Shocker, you're wearing sandals, and that's all good, though. Brent Martineau. Well, you are, you are too. Are they're just like, <laughs> I mean, they're just like, look I like might as well be. I might as well be. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's, uh, for me, it's just important, like I said earlier, just to see the ball come out of his hands. I think that one of the hardest things to do um, on tape is, you know, is one, to be able to tell velocity um, and, you know, and just, just the way it comes out of his hand. Also, I want to see, you know, the command that he's going to have, um, you know, kind of our first opportunity to be able to get him in person. So um, excited to do that. We won't be able to, you know, to meet and talk to him like we normally would before or after. So it's just going to be, um, you know, the, the workout itself, um, but excited to, to, you know, to watch him throw in person. That is Jaguars offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel talking about Trevor Lawrence. They'll be up here tomorrow in Clemson, South Carolina. We're at TD's Restaurant right across from uh, Clemson University. Of course, Trevor Lawrence's career over after a phenomenal three years, 34-2 and record, national championship in his freshman season. He's back on campus in the morning at 10 o'clock. His throw day moved up. Instead of a pro day, which was scheduled for next month, because he's going to have shoulder surgery on his non-throwing shoulder, presumably next week. And that will give him more time to recover and be ready for the start of the football season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Once again, presumably, <laughs> for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brent Morton, uh here up in Clemson, South Carolina. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. Interestingly enough, Austin, we were talking about this. I guess they can't talk to him after. I guess they're just going up to watch, and that's it. Like, you just heard Daryl Bevel talking. Yeah. This isn't going to be one of those interview sessions. Yep. Then I guess you're going you know, to go on Zoom and catch him out a couple weeks later or something like that after that surgery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how, that's how that those kind of meetings will take place. But I was a little surprised by that. I thought they might be able to talk with him and, and those things. But they're just strictly going to watch. Um, and he answered the question of why they're coming up and what they expect to look uh, and, and see um, from Trevor Lord. So, you know, we'll figure out what that is. But I, I do like the idea that when we've asked Urban about this before, we asked Daryl Bevel about there's no, like, well, if we take him or there's a lot of different guys, <laughs> you know, they know they're going quarterback, and they know Trevor Lawrence is a prevailing favorite, and they know also they don't need to hide that from anyone. Now, they didn't just say we're taking him number one, but they're willing to say his name and say we're coming up to do our due diligence. I mean, no, without a – like, listen, the, the writing's on the wall. Um, they're taking Trevor Lawrence, but, I mean, they're, this is NFL, and there has to be some gamesmanship. You know, you, you have to field the trade offers. You got to do the scouting on other quarterbacks and all that stuff. But we, we know it's Trevor Lawrence. There's a reason why you're in Clemson right now. It's because it's Trevor Lawrence. 
Yes, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, speaking of, let's hear more from the new Jaguars offense coordinator about Trevor. I asked him, you know, with the experience of Russell Wilson, Brett Favre, Matthew Stafford, what Daryl Bevel will be able to take from those experiences, help Trevor Lawrence in his transition to being the man, being the franchise quarterback in 2021 and beyond for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's that's another reason why I'm just super excited about the you know the staff that uh, that Coach Meyer's been able to put together. I mean myself with my background, you know, with with obviously Brett Favre and Stafford and Russell Wilson and those kind of guys. I was able to take Russell Wilson as a rookie, you know, and then kind of start his career. And then you know with Brian Schottenheimer and the guys that he's been around, you know, with Philip Rivers and those kind of guys. So there's a lot of experience on this staff in terms of uh, of quarterbacks, um, some of the best quarterbacks in, in you know that's played in the game. Um, so I think we, uh, you know, we have good knowledge and experience in in bringing a young quarterback to play. Well, that is Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Teams up with Brian Schottenheimer. I love. I told you this when Bevel was hired. I really like that aspect of it, Austin. I don't know if it will mean as much as I'm kind of making it seem, but I do like the idea. He's been around some of the really, really good quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's getting a guy that's supposed to be really, really good. And you even think from Urban, right? Urban was around this like superstar guy at Florida, Tebow. I don't even know if he had that guy at Ohio State in terms of all the love was for Tebow. Well, there's a ton of love for Trevor Lawrence. So you kind of like the dynamic of the staff that is able to have experience with what the Trevor Lawrence situation will be like. Because let's be honest, this is a new experience for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the city of Jacksonville. Haven't had this kind of experience. No, without a doubt. And, you know, you can have Brett Favre, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson on your resume. I mean, those are some pretty solid names, right? So you, you like what you hear from that standpoint. I guess, in, you know, forgive me because I didn't listen to the Bevel interview because I was doing the show, obviously. Um, did they mention so like the, the, the whole term and the whole verbiage of quarterback coach? That wasn't released in the press release from the Jaguars. Do we know who the quarterback coach is going to be? Is that going to be Bevel? Is that going to be uh, Schottenheimer? Is that going to be Urban Meyer? Or is it going to be kind of like a collective? Yeah, I think uh, passing game coordinator to me is probably has a lot more than quarterback coach, but it goes along with quarterback coach. And I think I've seen reports that that was going to be a combination kind of job. Now, Urban Meyer didn't specify it that way. They didn't do that in the titling of the position. They didn't name a quarterback coach. But I believe Brian Schottenheimer's role is going to be, given his experience as well, uh, to be this passing game coordinator and QB coach. I I think that's a safe assumption. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, all I'm trying to ask here is, obviously, you have your team meetings, right? And you have your offensive meetings. Okay, when you split up and you go in the quarterback's room, who is spearheading that room? Who is your coach? And you think it's going to be Schottenheimer then for, for Trevor Lawrence here? In I do. Yeah, okay. I think he will spend the most time with Trevor Lawrence. I believe Bevel will probably spend a lot of time in there as well. And I believe Urban Meyer will poke his head in quite a bit. In fact, Coos, let's play that, that soundbite if we can from Urban Meyer, who talked about the offense and the conversations they've had and was almost giddy about it. Tell you the amount of time I spent on that hire uh, and the amount of people we interviewed was – um, as many as I've really ever done. Uh, I never, I knew of Daryl Bevel, have always had great respect. Coach Day studied under him a little bit, uh, various, not, not directly coaching for him. Uh, I did speak with Ryan. I did speak with several coordinators. His interview was by far the best. His ability to adapt to my vision of the offense, which is a little different maybe than he's done in the past. The flexibility and that rigidness that was very important to me because 
we do have the first pick in the draft. And there is a vision that I have uh, about the style of offense. I'm certainly not going to call plays. That's his responsibility. But I have a real clear vision of what I want the offense to look like. And, and he was great. And by the way, uh, Brett Favre is, I called, I don't know, my gosh, 10 people about uh, Daryl and Brett Favre, who I've known for quite some time. Uh, when he made a comment, that's as good a coach as he's ever been around. And by the way, I had my best year with him at Minnesota. And he said, hire the guy. The respect I think we all have for him. I listened closely. And then Brian Schottenheimer was great. You know, the success or the years that uh, Russell Wilson had, you go back to Sam Bradford. You look at Mark Sanchez, what they did at New York Jets. And uh, his his background, I've known uh, Brian shoot from when I, when I was at the University of Florida is when I first met Brian. So I think the two of them together, we met. We met at great lengths before Brian decided to come with us because he had other opportunities. And uh, so far after, you know, a week of having them together and being involved in those meetings, that, that uh, if you had to say what's my favorite thing, favorite thing to do right now would be to go sit in those offensive meetings and hear our offensive, talk, our offensive staff have conversations. I'm glad – Kuz played a good chunk of that because you were on the show. I was driving in. I was listening. But uh, you were on the show at the time when Urban Meyer uh, might have been saying that. Uh, or maybe you did hear that. I don't know. But still, you can get a feel for what Urban Meyer was talking about with the offense and how he pieces it together with Bevel. I think the Brett Favre uh, thing is interesting because of Brett Favre in the news the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But I do believe he was asking Brett Favre from a QB coach relationship. And I do think that. Uh, can be has some validity to it. I mean, he coached him, right, even if it was uh, way back in the day. But you can – I thought something that was really interesting there, Austin, was Urban Meyer saying, I think he can adapt to the offensive vision I have. And I'm paraphrasing, but Urban Meyer said, I got a clear vision of what I want this offense to look like. Now, this is a huge guessing game, but what is it? What is that well, clear vision? Yeah. Listen, when he said that it's going to be a little different than what Bevel's accustomed to and, you know, he has a clear vision, I mean, that leads me to believe because, once again, I mean, if we're analyzing what Bevel did in Detroit, you know, and he obviously tried to run the ball first um, and pass second, and if you kind of see his, his coaching career, like, he likes to play balanced football. He likes to set up the play action, all that stuff. And now, once again, how much we're going to put into Urban Meyer with, with these comments, I mean, remains to be seen. But if I go by Urban Meyer's word, what he said, it's going to be different. Well, then that leads me to believe we're talking more quarterback option. We're talking more read option. We're, we're talking more of, you know, do you hand the ball off? Do you keep it? Do you go to the slot? Do you set up the jet sweep? Do you run the ball yourself, Trevor Lawrence? Like, that's what I can envision. And the only thing that I'm going to say about that is I like that a lot. That's where the league is going, obviously. But we got to be careful to make sure Trevor Lawrence stays healthy the, the entire season here. Yeah, uh, let's talk. Let's take a break. We'll stay on that for a little bit because I want to. I think there was another soundbite from Bevel, and we'll have Coos dig it up that shed some light on that some more. So as we put together this riddle and puzzle of what their offense could be, and keep in mind when Urban Meyer says, "I have a clear vision of what this offense can be," it's because he knows who his quarterback's going to be, and that quarterback played right here in Clemson, South Carolina, and he's throwing tomorrow morning. And that's, in my opinion, why Urban Meyer has this clear vision. And it also might be why Daryl Bevel was a really good choice at offensive coordinator if you go back to the Russell Wilson Seattle days. We'll expand on that when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on the road once again, live at TD's Restaurant, right across from the Clemson campus. We continue to talk about this Jags 
coaching staff, including a bit of controversy that goes with it. It's on the way at ESPN 690. Well, you know, I think it, one of the things I think that really helped me, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, was when I when we first got Russell Wilson. You know, there was it wasn't something that I had done in the past. You know, the you know the zone run game and those the you know the quarterback zone read game that kind of thing. So it was something that myself, Tom Cable, when we were there, you know, we began to you know kind of dive into that. So I think the background that that I had there was able to help me in the communication with Coach Meyer. And some of the you know some of the things that we started to do with Russell, what can carry over from the college game to our game, um, you know I'm going to be able to, to help Coach Meyer in that. Coach Meyer is going to be able to push me in some other directions as well. So I think it's a great partnership um, with myself and you know the staff that we have and, and Coach Meyer to be able to you know kind of bring whatever we're going to do as the Jacksonville Jaguars to life. That is Daryl Bevel, offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'll say this. I really enjoyed listening to Daryl Bevel. I don't know him. I know he comes with criticism for the whole Seattle Super Bowl thing, and, and it's one play in a career that's now spanned uh, a couple of decades in the NFL. But uh, I liked his energy, and I didn't expect – I don't know what I was expecting, actually. <laughs> but I really liked him, and I could see why he interviewed well. Yeah. And as uh, we welcome you back, uh, Brett Martineau here at TD's Restaurant right across from Clemson University here for uh, Trevor Town and Trevor's – throw day tomorrow morning Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack Studios the comparisons continue man Baltimore on the defensive side Seattle on the offensive side not just the defensive side but the offensive side and you just can't escape the Russell Wilson conversation with Daryl Bevel and how it kind of reinvented the way Bevel looks at the offensive side of the football and now you fast forward some a decade later and here we are in an offensive world that you just talked about where you can see some of this zone read stuff and that quarterback uh, being definitely active around the line of scrimmage. Well, you got to believe the way the Jaguars' offense looks, the way Urban Meyer says, I have a clear vision, certainly go look at some early tape of Russell Wilson and maybe some current tape of Russell Wilson. They might be running some of that kind of stuff. No, without a doubt. Like, listen – when you talk about Urban Meyer, a couple of things that come to mind, especially when he was at Ohio State, obviously they're a very heavy multiple zone slash gap scheme type of team. And he was, you know, I mean, he implemented obviously the spread offense, the, the quarterback read. But what I think Urban Meyer did a great job and what was kind of his calling card, especially at Ohio State, was when you hear the term spread offense and you hear the term like zone read and things like that, Everyone's got a preconceived notion that that means that you play kind of a finesse brand of football. It's more of like, you know, east to west as opposed to smash mouth style. But what Urban Meyer did such a great job and why I think he was, you know, an offensive guru, especially in college, we'll see in the NFL. But he was able to combine the tenacity and the physicality um, of like a power style offense and use that in the spread offense. So it's kind of the best of both worlds a little bit. So now whether he's going to run a big kind of zone gap scheme. That remains to be said, but I think the fact that we're going to see Trevor Lawrence be involved a little more, is he going to hand the ball off, is he going to run the football, you're definitely going to see that, and then obviously you're probably going to see a lot of bunch formations as well, just because that's what Urban Meyer is known for. Yeah, and I, as I'm kind of thinking in my head, and you're right about that, by the way, the physicality that like Ohio State played with, remember they had Zeke Elliott and stuff, you know, they didn't just have, what if you want to call it a finesse style, I look at just the the athletic ability where I wouldn't sit here and call Lamar Jackson tough for Baltimore, but I call the 
Baltimore Ravens offense tough, you know, a physical offense. And so I'm trying to separate that a little bit. As you're saying that out loud, you're like, okay, you think about zone read and you think about things like that offensively. You know what I think about? It's not. I didn't think the finesse part. I think running quarterback. And I don't think that's accurate, right? I, I, I shouldn't just think running quarterback, but I kind of do. And I say, oh, oh, wait a minute. Now, I don't want Trevor Lawrence running a lot. The guy's got an unbelievable arm. <laughs> like, yeah. I know he can run. I know he's athletic. But I want Trevor Lawrence running like when it's third and 12 and nothing's there and he takes off for a 24-yard scamper. I don't need all that contact with my quarterback. So uh, how do you separate the two there? Mobility, ability to run with some of those kind of concepts, but don't get my quarterback killed. Listen, if you go back to what Urban Meyer did at Ohio State, you know, and obviously I was a big Big Ten guy back then, so I remember watching a lot of the Ohio State-Wisconsin matchups. And I remember, like, Wisconsin always found a way because they played good defense, right? And Ohio State, respectively, had some good running backs. So, like, Wisconsin would always try to stack the box on Ohio State. And once again, what Urban Meyer did a great job was was kind of finding answers in everything. Where if you're going to stack the box, that's fine. Then we'll go to the short pass game, right? We'll get get the ball up quickly, and you're not going to be ready for it. Like, to me, that's what this is going to look like. You hear the phrase spread offense, quarterback read zone, you think, all right, 10 rushes, 12 rushes a game for the quarterback, knock on wood, he doesn't get hurt. That's not true, though. The, the whole point I think Urban Meyer is going to bring to the table is he's going to keep the defense on their toes. So he's going to perceive the fact that, hey, at any moment Trevor Lawrence could run for 20 yards if you don't, if you don't mind your P's and Q's here. That, to me, is what Urban Meyer is bringing to the table. It's the, it's the gymnastics, you will. It's the, um, it's the emotional roller coaster that defensive guy has to go through. It's like, where is this ball going to go? Is Trevor Lawrence going to keep it? Is he getting rid of it? Is he going to hand the ball off? That, to me, is what Urban Meyer means by you know, some of the old college things. I don't, I don't foresee Trevor Lawrence running the ball ten times a game. I just don't see that. But what I do yeah, see I is the threat that. to do that. Yeah, I hear you. I like that. I can do that. <laughs> That's okay. Just don't get him hit, please. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, he'll probably get hit enough, yeah. so don't get him hit. Hey, uh, Coos or Austin, I, I can't get to this quick enough. Is Chris Doyle trending right now on Twitter? Ooh. Uh, let me quick look it up here. Sorry, man. I'm kind you're of better. No, you're good at this. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. I going to bring up my Twitter. Uh, one second, please. Um, let's see. We got trending worldwide. Well, let's just go to sports. Uh, Chris Bryant, Russell Wilson, Urban Meyer. Uh, yeah, Doyle. Urban Meyer. Just Doyle at the bottom is trending right now. Yes. Okay, and Urban Meyer is because of it. Uh, yes. It's a controversial move. Did Urban Meyer get it wrong? Is this the right thing to do? Why now? We discuss it. Coming up next, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Football at 5 and something everybody's talking about. Chris Doyle hired to Jacksonville. It's on the way next. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.